What's up, you grade five mobilizers? Welcome back to me and my friend's podcast. In this week's episode, episode three, we talk about, or we finish a question from last week's episode and expand on it a little bit. We talk about our thoughts on clinical decision-making, and we finish the episode by talking about physical therapy and its role in the entertainment industry. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of <laughs> Three no, PTs no. in a Pod. That is our Jeez. name. If we haven't uh, been clear about that before, <laughs> I don't know that we have. Uh, we do have a name. It is Three PTs in a Pod. It was thought of by our very own KP. Um, how did that come first about? First contribution to the podcast. <laughs> first and probably only, honestly. Um, I, I don't really remember. I blacked out, probably. Just uh, we were, like, texting our group about it, and we thought about, like, placebos as, as, our, as our name, but yeah. I think that's a better segment, and it has a lot of potential to be a really good segment. Um, I love that name, and then we were kind of talking about, like, being PT students and PTs, and I was, like, three, I was trying to think of, like, three amigos, mm. three, something with three yeah. in it, and I'm, like, Three peas in a pod, and then I'm like, oh fuck, three PTs <laughs> in a fucking podcast. Well, pod, yeah, yeah pod. Yeah, yeah and it, it was just like something thing. that just came together. It's like when you make and a really good to. joke at yeah. one time, and it's like I don't deserve the credit that that deserves, but I'm glad that it worked out. Yeah, yeah. You're also responsible you like for the uh, the, the picture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, my yeah. big Photoshop guy. Uh, me and my friends do it all the time. Not that skilled, but no, no, no. I've like that's almost like a shitty funnier. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like it's just a, yeah. like I'm five shades lighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For some reason, Chris is darker than me. I literally yeah. just picked like your first Facebook profile because I was like, I don't know where else to get pictures from. Them. And then I didn't even ask them if they wanted me to use that picture. Um, and then I just out. put it on there. Um, I. It's a work in progress, though. I'd say. Yeah, I we, think might we might update it to uh, pay someone to do something nice. Yeah, we'll, yeah. When we get that first check. That first shout sponsor out, shout check. Out to, yeah, shout, shout out, out to the sponsors. Yeah, SeatGeek. <laughs> you got it right there. Use the code three PTs <laughs> for a five percent discount on all your Alberni basketball games. <laughs> you get one free pretzel if you use the discount code. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's our name. Three PTs in a pod. Um, What's our name? Chris. Oh, yeah. So I'm here with my friends Artem and KP. Thank you. I'm Chris. We are three PTs in a pod. So now that we have that out of the way. Um, <laughs> you happy now? Happy now. Uh, along with the name, we also have uh, some contact information for you guys. So if you want to send in questions or uh, topics for us to cover, it is uh, three PTs in a pod at gmail.com. I hope that's correct. I should probably <laughs> check, but I think that's what it is. It'll probably be on the screen Where'd somewhere. Where'd you come up with that email? I don't know, dude. It took a while. I was like, should we put it up? Start thinking. Yeah, threes, three peas in a pod. <laughs> yeah. You I came up like, with that yeah. email separate from you coming up with. I sent KP an email, and he was like, "Oh my god, that's a perfect." <laughs> that's thing. a genius idea. I'm totally gonna take that. All right, cool. so that's good. That's where you can contact us. Um, another little plug, a little side project of mine. Um, I put on the first two episodes my Instagram account dpt reality but that was just a little side project i started as like a blog instagram twitter um just 
sort of similar to this podcast in terms of just giving you some entertaining stuff about PT school, uh, firsthand accounts of sort of my experience with PT school, and any um, references or tools that I've found helpful or interesting, passing the, that kind of stuff along. So if you have a few minutes and you want to check something out, it's at DPT Reality on Instagram, at DPT underscore reality on Twitter, and I also have a WordPress blog for some of the uh, longer form pieces of content, and that is uh, linked on my Instagram and Twitter as well, so you can check that out if you feel... If you guys read it, let us know. I haven't actually yeah. read any yet, so <laughs> let me know if it's yeah, any good. A lot good. of support so far, so it's uh, it'll be right up there with... Uh, who are the big Instagram people for PT? We got Jared Hall. <laughs> we don't want to give any free advertising, so we'll, Frank we'll just Duff. just go look at my shit and uh, your boy uh, and subscribe. Yeah, subscribe, read, Joe. send it to your Joe. friends. Joe, Joe, T maybe someone T. Oh, yeah. Pat, 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 shout out to Pat Davidson, he's my favorite person, but we should probably talk about that one. Yeah, that'll be a whole nother episode resources. on its own, yeah, resources and people we like to follow, but, um, so today I think we wanted to start with a question that we finished off with last week, I mean, the, the, you know, listener questions are just flooding in nonstop. <laughs> you guys are hard awesome. to, shout out to our fans. Really hard to uh, keep track of it all. Somehow they found the email address without us even we sending like it out. We should start a PayPal account, too, for, like, if they yeah. want to donate. Yeah, if you want to. fund me. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon fund wish list. education. <laughs> yeah. I only need $100,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, $300,000. Well, you got to support all of us. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, last week we had a question from uh, James from Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, local guy. Jim, Jimmy. Jimbo. Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy from Philly. Jimmy from Philly. Congrats so, on the win last night. Yeah. Phil. <laughs> he Guess said, uh, what's up, guys? I was wondering if you guys could lay out a framework for how you would treat a non-traumatic orthopedic injury. So I think that's just like any general, Sheesh. like, shoulder pain, back pain, something not uh, with, like, no structural. Yeah, I don't think we really gave too detailed of an answer last time. I don't, so think, we, we figured, yeah, I don't think we gave any Yeah, I don't know that we got into it too much. I think much. we decided uh, to I dipped out early, so... Yeah. There was kind of I think a we're lot just gonna let KP handle the whole thing. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could sum it up in, in a couple of words here. Let me see how how many. Wait, let me guess. I could sum it up in three words. Three words. Three words. Oh, I know it. <laughs> so, uh, let's hear it. Give it you to him. You want to guess? Treat the impairments. Bang, boy! <laughs> Treat the impairment. Now, now, what's there's like a second part to this that I feel like, you know, how do you how do you determine? How you're gonna treat and what you're gonna treat. Reproducible mm. sign. Uh, oh. Before that, or actually during it. What you found the reproducible sign, but then you in your head you're like, okay, I'm gonna do this. Mm. Treatment becomes the intervention. The exam or the examination the, yeah. becomes the yeah. intervention. That's a two-parter right there. Literally, I want that tatted on my body because <laughs> it's become so ingrained into you. And I think this brings it back to the last episode, not to like retract, but. It's sort of like how do you, how do you like learn like originally, and that's like something you have to know from the start. It's, there's no straight answer. Every answer is it depends. Mm-hmm. Every answer is don't go buy a cookbook, which is good because we don't want we physical therapy is not that. But it then, then, but then like ninety percent of PTs just. 
fucking well, and I think it's changing too. Which I do. Which would I be a do cool, think that as well. I think we'll talk wave, about that. Hashtag new wave PT. Yeah, yeah. we're the we're the new generation. Yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, that's. I think that should be like on the first slide of every first PowerPoint. Is like, don't worry about if it's a r- torn rotator cuff or a torn or like impingement. Um, treat the impairments if they're limited in flexion. Treat what you can treat. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's, I don't think that's a known thing, especially with novice student PTs, is like, that all right, we got to worry about, like, like oh, you overthink things. Should, yeah. I, should I focus on, wait, what if they're uncomfortable in the prone position or, like, yeah. so, too many, too many variables, variables to think about. And I think maybe they don't tell us that originally for, like, just to prepare yourselves more, but something I wish I would have known, and I think that's something you would really have to swallow at an early time. Yeah. Um, to be able to really learn from from how to like treat the impairments is, right. is to like not worry about the diagnosis as much as their yeah. functional yeah. limitations. Well, and like you said, that's like that's what you're getting in school is your hopefully anatomy, kinesiology, biomechanics, stuff like that, which then allows you to be able to treat the. I mean, yeah. that's what impairments are. It's right. like deficiencies but in those areas in so if you know note, that stuff yeah in that same note not everything has to be like a pathoanatomical like definitely for sure in your mind like yeah. it's kind of like the functional side of things and i think it's important to know like the the typical progression of like a rotary cuff tear like how long it's going to take and and um yeah. what you might expect but at the same time it's not like by the book this is what you'll yeah. see. This is what you have to do at week two on Thursday. Every at everyone's 3 PM, like they're it. like everyone's an individual. Like they will have their own like healing process. Like you can kind of like predict based on like the human organism, but not everyone's going to be exactly the same. And it's kind of like a n equals one experiment yeah. with every patient. You know, it's your own like yeah. RCT. Yeah. So yeah. and you you kind of have to like that's where like clinical decision making comes into play because like you can't again like follow a cookbook. Mm-hmm. With every single patient, you have to know how to individualize everyone's treatment program yeah. based well, on their like healing times, based on their response to treatment. So let's say this off this question, for instance, someone comes in, you're at like a clinical over the summer, they come in with knee pain. How would you guys like go about that? Like, how does this process play out in real time? Like in the clinic, as like a student physical therapist, like how would you yeah. approach that situation? So if, um, if you're like familiar with, with like the FMS or like just Gray Cook in general, he has a thing called like the joint by joint approach where he kind of like evaluates like the joints above, like all well, throughout the whole body, but like the joints above and below primarily of like the impairment. So like say like the ankle, needs mobility the joint above is the knee which needs stability the hip above needs mobility the lumbar spine needs stability the thoracic spine needs mobility so like if you use that framework you kind of like okay you assess like the knee make sure like everything's good there like make sure there's no like glaring mobility impairments or anything like that or like structural deformities like a meniscus tear or anything but then you also evaluate like the ankle make sure you have adequate mobility at the ankle (coughs) adequate mobility at the hip and pelvis because if you're not checking like the joint above and below you don't know like what's like defective like along like the uh, kinematic chain so like going through that and making sure they have like full movement options mm-hmm. throughout that chain and and you know they have full rotation at the hip well not maybe not full but like enough to to do what they need to do 
And then same thing with the ankle, make sure they have enough dorsiflexion. Dorsiflexion is a big one, especially with like, uh, like squatting and stuff. If you don't, if you don't have enough dorsiflexion, you'll see a lot of people develop knee pain. Squatting is pretty functional. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean. That's the big movement to check with uh, with knee pain. But basically, I would just try to develop as much, give them as many movement options as as possible in their hips and their ankles and even above in the in their back, because that could all affect. Uh, like how the knee's moving and how the knee's absorbing shock. And then once they have those moving options, you just get them stronger. Build, build, build strength, build power, build capacity. Make sure they have enough endurance to maintain the like, good positions and not fall back into like faulty movement patterns with fatigue. Mm-hmm. But I think that like that movement, like the movement options, movement variability, whatever you want to call it, strength power capacity that's like your framework right there and then knowledge too like education you know, if you like they have like weird uh like conceptualizations about like pain and like they think they're gonna have pain forever like maybe add some patient education to that mm-hmm. that's probably where you would start and then move into like the movement aspect of it so what about like the initial <laughs> exam process is there a way you guys are most comfortable like tackling that or yeah, I think that, for that what you were talk, alluding to is more like a advanced process. I know, and not like, necessarily. I mean, it's what you would do. You would check. Yeah. You would check the range of motion. You would always screen the hip. You would always screen the ankle. Yeah, like, right. It's not necessarily advanced. It's, just, it's probably a different it's a different way of thinking from like what we usually are like used to seeing and learning. Mm-hmm. Is like okay, if it's at if the pain's at the knee, it's because of the knee or whatever. But yeah. like it could totally be like in the hip, in the back. Definitely. Sure. Like if you're missing like hip rotation, like you could definitely be compensating with like motion right. through the spine. But I mean, I think our professors always make yeah, the no, point totally. of like but hip, like, ankle, when you're if, looking at a knee above and below. Like what I've seen before, like in the clinic, they don't oh, necessarily yeah, sure. like even think of like that far. It's just like, okay, right. we're going right. to do, you know, patella mobs and then strengthen the quad. But like it's... As we know about like strengthening the hips for like knee pain, like you're not strengthening the knee to fix the to fix the knee. You're yeah. strengthening like the stabilizers. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's that's <coughs> something that we might have learned outside of school too. Is uh, yeah, it in conjunction. It with definitely yeah, you definitely learn a little bit here, a little bit there. But what we what we learned was you take a thorough history, you go mechanism of injury any any like underlying causes that maybe they had a knee replacement four years ago that they didn't just decided to not talk to you about that's like crucial and I think that's sort of um, primitive now to like think about now that we're second years (laughs) big bad second years but um, we were taught that for a reason, and it's just as important as screening the hips and the, and the ankles. Oh, like, well, yeah, like that's where you like rule out stuff. Exactly. Like, right. That's where like your differential diagnosis basically right. Special starts. tests and yeah. rule out, like you said, meniscal tears. Yeah, and, yeah like and any, everything like, like structural stuff, because you're not necessarily going to be able to change like structure. You're not going to fix a meniscus yeah. tear, but yeah. like, you could, again, treat the impairments, treat what you can treat. And right. that'll most likely, and that's where physical that. therapy becomes fun because you're given this knee pain, and then it's like a question, and then you, it's yeah. like a riddle. How do you how do you, one. How exactly. do you solve that out? Like a knee could be anything. You'll, it could be coming from the low back, causing the hip um, malalignment, causing the knee to suffer because the ankle's pushing up, and then and the hips are pushing down. Yeah, all something that could be from like an like an off I don't know pelvis or something. Yeah, something. Like getting really crazy. <laughs> I'm just saying. But like, no, those are great points. I think from both of you guys. I think. Uh, I th- no, I definitely agree, and I think it comes back to somewhat what we were talking about with 
yeah, like you don't want a cookbook, but I feel like it is important as like novice practitioners. Like I feel most comfortable being new with set like frameworks yeah. at least. Like yeah. you have to have a system yeah. that works for you exactly. that you can go off of to get to those other like more advanced areas yeah. within either that same initial evaluation or subsequent treatments. Like you have to have your system of I'm going to do a good subjective where I look for these specific things. I'm going to do my neurological screen. I'm going to do my, you know, myotomal screen. Then I'm going to get into my range of motion, my manual muscle test, my special test. Now I have all my information. And then from that, I can get more um, specific and advanced in terms of the techniques I use to assess individual like structures or areas of the body. But you have to have that initial like starting point to go off of with every patient or else you're like just almost shooting in the dark if you're like each time i'm going to create this new system of like looking at this problem and i'm going to do something different than last time like yeah um, i think one of our professors dr wise said perfectly today you have this toolbox and when to use this and when to use that you don't use everything exactly you have them in your arsenal to use at a specific time but as you gain more knowledge you're like all right i'm not using anything past over here now I could focus on, I've seen that before, like what what, what did I do last time that worked with that patient? Yeah. Skip like three steps, now you're working, instead of spending the whole hour evaluating them, yeah. or however long you have, you're able to even start treatment that same day and then get them invested into PT. And I think that's, that's something huge that you can take away from um, at least like more experience in the field when you go on your clinicals and stuff, really like try to um, speed up the process of eliminating stuff, ruling out stuff in your head, even if you're not saying it out loud, it's you're like, okay, I've seen that before, it's not really sounding like a meniscus tear, maybe like an ACL or something like that, sure. yeah. treat it differently that way, so. Yeah, yeah. don't make, don't overcomplicate yeah. it. I think keep it as simple as like, as you can. Yeah. And it's gonna be frustrating at first, because you're, you're not, you're, you haven't seen anything yet, so. Yeah. You have no idea what to expect. Knee pain, holy shit, it could literally be anything. You always go back to to treat the impairments. Like, if you know, like, your normal values for, like, joint range of motion and strength and things like that, like, you know how to assess, like, a movement pattern. Yeah. And, like, you see, like, a faulty movement pattern or you see limited range of motion, you know, that's that's what you can affect. So try to affect it. Right. And see if, and, like, do you use your test, retest. Mm -hmm and see if it made a change. If it improved their range of motion, if it improved their pain, exactly. like you're on the right track and just keep going with that. Yeah. You don't have to get like super fucking crazy about it. Yeah, because you're not gonna, you can't fix a rotator cuff tear. Yeah. You're not gonna right. surgically ro- like put the supraspinatus attached back to its insertion. Unless you're a surgeon. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but not in the 30 minutes that we have with patients. Right. Yeah, so. Well, and Artem, you made a really good point that I just saw this tweet yesterday that sort of backed up what you were saying. It's from, um, Dr. Michael Chivers, who I think is... uh, Is he an FRC guy? He is FRC, yeah. Yeah. So his tweet was, often we speak of movement optimization by trying to repeat a chosen preferred pattern of task accomplishment. Movement optimization comes from having multiple options for task accomplishment. That's FRC wrapped in a freaking nutshell. Yeah, so that's... That's big in PRI, too. Like, that's um, something I've been actually, like, looking in the research, too, is, like... uh, movement variability mm-hmm. so like there's like two types of movement variability there's like endpoint variability and coordinated variability where like endpoint would be like you finish a task at a different point each time and that's unnecessarily like important for us but like coordinated variability is like as you're doing a movement say you're like squatting 
at every single rep, even if it looks the same, is actually like, like at a motor yeah. control level is different. Mm-hmm. And like that's a big thing with uh, like um, overuse injuries, like tendinopathies and things like that, is a decrease in movement, like coordinated variability uh, shows like an increased risk of overuse injuries. Yeah. So like that's, for that's like uh, jumpers near like uh, uh, patellar tendinopathy, they found that like basketball players that landed with the same like uh, degree of knee flexion each time had more uh, risk of overuse injury because they're stressing this they're stressing mm-hmm. the same, same structures, structures over and out, over again instead of varying okay. like the load they're placing on the different muscles and joints. Right. And that comes down to like it's you're not gonna put like some sensors on the on the person like evaluate like the, the small minimal changes. But what you can affect is like the the big ranges of motion. So again like you check the range of motion, make sure you try to normalize that first to give them more options to move so you can offload or unload different structures, bones, joints, muscles. Exactly. Well, and you're asking, I mean, the goal of getting a patient back to function is being ready to perform in a dynamic environment. I mean, that's what life is. Like, you're not performing the same, like, ingrained motor pattern over and over throughout the day. You You don't don't walk on a treadmill in real life. You walk on an uneven sidewalk. So... Uh, to kind of sum this up, you could kind of say that like our goal is to help our patients adapt to their environment because if they can't adapt, mm-hmm. then they're kind of fucked. Yep. Well, <laughs> and I the think ability to get, yeah, you give right. them the ability to to adapt right. to their environment. That's the most important thing. Yeah, and I think off of that too, like a sort of another point to all of this with clinical decision making is taking the patients input. Oh know? yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's that's a cool. huge piece of all of this that I think some people, it could be easy to get wrapped up in the fact that I need to make all these changes and like this isn't working or this range is missing. But like if that has no connection to what the patient wants out of therapy or like if you're not uh, taking that into account when you're putting together a plan and you know, your treatment sessions each time, or you have to have the ability to um, make them understand how important what gonna you're going like, to work on is. That's where patient education comes yeah. in, because if they don't want, they only want like manual therapy, and you know, like <clears throat> if they need something else, like, that's where you have to educate them. Why like, would yeah. they need anything else? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Well, I don't know that. <laughs> Just move them. Just fucking move grade, them. Grade five. <laughs> and at the same time, you're worried about aberrant movement too. So it's not only like gaining as much mobility as possible. Oh, totally. Obviously, there's there. It's a it's like a continuum, like. You have like super rigid, mm-hmm. like at one end you have like optimal like movement variability in center, and then you have like hypermobility yeah. at the end. So like you don't you, because then like hypermobility you have no control over your movement rigidity. Yeah. You have no. But we movement can fix to that too. So we're trying to get yeah. everyone down here, but, but honest, just expand it, their spectrum. Yeah, yeah, it's probably yeah, it's harder to, to treat like a hypermobile because yeah, the, the giving somebody more move, like movement options or like more range of motion is definitely easier than teaching someone how to control their range yeah, of motion. Definitely. Yeah, I would much rather exactly. I'd much rather have just moved the hell out of these. <laughs> Show off my hands. Guns. Show off those hand uh, <laughs> skills. About to catch these hands. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty that was actually a good, pretty deep in the yeah. discussion. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. Uh, yeah I think we're all on pretty much PT. the same page with that. Um, Absolutely. Any other just general pointers or anything in terms of clinical decision making for? People in school, especially getting started with like first time clinicals or um, I'm still not good. You won't be good until probably like a few years out. Yeah. 
It's frustrating. I don't think you'll ever really consider yourself good. I yeah. think it's like I, one yeah, of those things you're always, th- which is a good thing because you're always chasing like yeah. mm-hmm. you, you want to be like really really good, so you're always trying to get better and better and better. But like, you're never gonna be like, wow, I'm like really. Fun. Yeah. Even though along that path, you can tell when you're like more legit than you start. Uh, like, you oh, can, and that's the best feeling. <laughs> and if, you, and if you don't have that feeling, uh, then you're then that means you're not getting better. Yeah, right? Right, and that exactly. means you're not probably not doing enough to get better and you're kind yeah. of shit. Like I think it sort of hit me this fall when we were at our part-time clinical was I was just for the first time like in the moment with my CI like keeping up yeah. in terms of like this clinical decision making and like yeah. what we were seeing in the exam and what that meant and what yeah. we should probably do because yeah, of that. They'll like, tell you like, oh yeah, I would have done the same thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like I'm, I'm starting, yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm starting and, but, and on the same point, not no, there's no one right way to do anything. You could, you, yeah. as long as you're able to justify it, yeah. it, your CI might not have done it that way, but it's like, all right, I see where you're doing, see why you're doing it that way. Um, I learned it this way, and then now you have two options for the yeah. next time you see the same thing. So yeah. yeah, as long as you know and can explain what you're doing. If you don't know, what, <laughs> if you can't explain it, then you don't really know, and you're That's just kind true. of fucking doing whatever. Yeah. Um, well, my teacher told me. Yeah. 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 Side anecdote, real quick. Uh, this is embarrassing, but last <laughs> my my last uh, clinical, um, patient came with a meniscal tear, actually post op, and we were trying to get, um, get knee flexion back. So she was limited in knee flexion. So I was like, oh, I'm just gonna do a quick like mob. I thought it was like a hot shot. Ended up doing um, a superior patellar mob because I was like, oh, the patella glides superiorly during during knee flexion. Did that for like uh, about like a minute, a minute and a half. Um, rechecked it again. Gained like eight eight degrees of of range of motion back. Went to tell my CI. I'm like, dude. It was awesome. I did some superior uh, patellar mobs, got some eight, got eight degrees of flexion back, and he's like, "Why'd you do superior patellar mobs?" I'm like, "Because the patella goes." I'm like, "Oh fuck! You're supposed to do inferior <laughs> for flexion." He's like, "Yay!" But he's like, "But it worked," and he and that's why I said to him, he's like. Yeah, I don't know why, but it did work. So that was our placebo segment. Placebo. For this, <laughs> this week, it's just a non-specific it, fact. Yeah. You, you put your hands on a patient, you got him to relax. Yeah. Got some neuro neurophysiological. It was a long there. day. It was. Oh, we, dude! We if you classes, don't have at least oh, like yeah, ten have of those things, like in a no, in a six, dude, I'm, I tell everyone like, about that because I think it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, we've all fucked up. Yeah. We've all had like questions, like dumb questions that we couldn't answer. Oh yeah, oh, my God. It, yeah, it's just it's so it's such a different environment being out in the clinic and like having to know things in real time. Like when you're in class, you have in our case. 28 or whatever other people who are there to answer questions if you're in the clinic it's just you yeah. like you have to know all those things and in in real time within a conversation and not yeah. just like well yeah. let me look at my notes for like three minutes and then i'll you know <laughs> add into the discussion and now i'll never forget that right. so i'm that, glad i heard it that way yeah. that like is when the you biggest get, fucking thing when you get fucking like stumped and like you're like so like in your head, you're like so ashamed of yourself. Like you're like, fuck, yep. I can't believe. Oh like, my god, I didn't know that. You'll yeah. remember that forever. You'll Dude. never forget that, and that's yeah. like, that's a great thing. You yeah. you'd want that to be like more often. Yeah. So that's not like nothing to be like yeah. ashamed of. Just and I was treating the impairment anyway, so it's not like I did it. It wasn't malpractice yeah. at all because exactly. I helped range of motion. So yeah. yeah, you got what you were there for. So. Yeah. 
Um, we'll have to have a segment at some point in an episode and talk about our funny mistakes. Yeah, I've never made a mistake. <laughs> well, you guys, I mean, you guys, oh, okay, about, you guys all right, about all right. Mistakes. You're all right. just ugly. <laughs> <laughs> That's my I was a mistake actually. <laughs> Got you guys both beat my whole life was a mistake. <laughs> my, mom's gonna come, my mom's gonna come in and talk about that. <laughs> I made one horrible, horrible mistake. It's horrible. It's blood everywhere. Um, so, like you were saying, like any advice to like make it simpler? Honestly, like write out your like model or like your framework for what you think is like a good uh, order or like model for treating a patient and kind of discuss it with some people and, and see if they agree or like they have any input what they mm-hmm. would add in or take out and then refer to like already established models refer to like fms or sfma and see what they do and see what great sure. cook says or mike reinald says and kind of evaluate what you have and then add or subtract stuff that isn't necessary or i necessary. completely agree yeah i mean you if you're you know, if your program's doing what it should be, you, they should be giving you that framework to go off of or at least have as an initial framework. And then, like you said, just from other resources and other people, even other, you know, CIs, like yeah. you pick and choose sort of what things make sense to you and what things work well for you and kind of build your own system. I think that's, that's uh, sort of what you should always be working towards. And then once you have that system in place, always be working to perfect that system or improve it. Uh, based on the results you're getting with patients. Um, yeah. yeah, you have to be organized and have a system in place, I think, to be able to... Yeah, well, that's uh, just going to make it much easier for yeah. you because then you, it's like a step-by-step right. process. And then, uh, like, anything outside of that will kind of expose you to new, new material yeah. that you need to cover or things like that. And you can't be, I mean... You have to be willing, too, to put in work outside of the time you're in your clinical. You know, at Absolutely. night, if you go in and you just fucked up that day, like, you should go back and look at that, you know, because you're going to probably see that patient yep. again on Thursday, you know, and uh, at that point, you don't want to be making the same mistakes. I guess that's the thing. It's like, make the mistake, but then don't make yeah, it yeah. again. Um, you have to make the mistake at, at yeah. once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't, try, as long as you don't make that or try not to make the mistake multiple times, then you're, you're learning. Right. That's, yeah, exactly. That's, that's learning. Jeez. Dude. That was pretty fucking deep. Do we I need think a break? <laughs> I'm sweating, honestly. It's hot as shit in here. Yeah, dude, this room is fucking hot. Um, yeah, so I think that is pretty much our clinical decision-making spiel. Um, some that about covers it. Personal yeah. thoughts, some tips. Um, that was it. That's about it. I think we were going to finish what we were going to finish with. Um, I think that was a clinical decision. <laughs> that was it. our last segment. Uh, we were going to talk about PTs and entertainment. Oh, yeah. PTs entertainment. and entertainment. This oh, is a, sh- this is a um, God, I topic we were talking about. <laughs> uh, no, I, I said just this, So these are the types of things that come up while we're in, like, break during class or something, like oh. the, the big philosophical questions <laughs> of uh, the profession, yeah. you know, physical Thinkers. therapy and... Just really getting some time to, yeah. to dive into deep thought about some of these things. So yeah, modern day Socrates. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, so physical therapy as a profession, you know, not really well represented. I would say in the entertainment field, um, yeah, unfortunately, plenty of shows about doctors, nurses. You got like Grey's Anatomy, ER, you've got the good, ER. doctor, Scrubs, good doctor, good doctor. Where is physical therapy? Where's the, in where's this, the great uh, physical therapist? I right, feel like show. a good doctor spinoff could be about PT. You know, yeah, yeah like the okay, or doctors, the okay <laughs> physical therapy, <laughs> the okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, you just okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not going to kill you. Charlie, you... Charlie Sheen's a <laughs> main character. But honestly, I mean, I don't know what it is. Why? Well, I mean, I, just, I guess there's a lot of professions that aren't really... Uh, I feel like people, like, don't even know what fucking PTs do. Well, that is an like issue. Our, like, yeah. we just do, like, a really bad job of exposing people to what we do, like, what our profession's about. It, it, like, I swear most people think that, like, PTs just do, like, massage and modalities. Yeah. Like, when you hear that, like, you'll be like, oh, what do you guys do? Like, you, you do, like, massages and stuff? Yeah, yeah. dude, that's what I do. Like, I'm a fucking masseuse. <laughs> or I'm a personal trainer. Yeah, well, that, yeah. that's, yeah, there's uh, the PT I'm a goddamn issue. physio, for Christ's yeah. sake. Yeah. I was watching Seinfeld the other day, and they were talking about physical therapists, actually. So we did have <laughs> really? one, one okay, name drop on a pretty, Seinfeld. pretty big show. Yeah. One of but the best unfor- of all time. unfortunately, he was getting a massage. <laughs> <laughs> there well, so that, that, but that was also like 15, 20 years true. ago. So. And it still advanced. hasn't gotten better. <laughs> but have there been any like references to physical well, therapy? I was telling you guys, like in the one episode of Black Mirror, the one of the main characters is a is a PT, and like they show her in the clinic doing some like rhythmic stabilizations with uh, like a rotator cuff patient yeah. or something. No, no, unfortunately. <laughs> We'll get there one day. But that's, I mean, that's a step up from a massage in Seinfeld, a little rhythmic sta- uh, stabilization. Yeah. We can blame our uh, forefathers for that. We are the, the new. The shake and bake. Yeah. Uh, Dip and dangle. Yeah, that's all people know us for. All yeah. right, so we're going to make a show then. Yeah. Make a show. So that's our we, next project. Should we drop Three out PTs now? Three PTs in a pod. <laughs> Three PTs. Anyone want to, any studios want to host <laughs> us? <laughs> WB. Who wants to direct? <laughs> Should we just go right for the movie or make it a little short, short mini series? Uh, That'd actually be hilarious if we had like a sketch show, like a PT sketch show. That's what this will just become. Yeah, it'll just be us <laughs> acting in here. In here. We'll just put, this is our treatment table. Yeah. <laughs> You're the agent. With like the crowd. I think one the of the issues though too is that there's only such an audience for like yeah. physical therapy. Yeah. Like who outside of like physical doctors therapy? are sexy. Outside physical of therapy yeah. is not sexy. No. Yeah. yeah. Not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Needs Maybe to we got to show a little bit more skin. Yeah. 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 Tight polo or something. We gotta, yeah. Yeah. We got to get our. Maybe let's just start wearing our stethoscopes around. <laughs> or just yeah. like a goni. Yeah. Because that's yeah, our like, like that's our differentiating factor. Yeah. Like doctors, nurses have goni in the back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Stethoscope around the or neck. Or do and, a front uh, pocket goni. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Like a sword. Showing. That's where the uh, timer goes. The timer? <laughs> have a whole tool belt. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> yeah, you have like, you wear Wrangler jeans with the, like, the hook. Yeah, that's the where your goni is. <laughs> you put the goni in there. Oh. What else we got? What other tools can we differentiate us? Um... I don't, I don't even know. Doctors what use blood pressure. Well, even. we've got our. I asked him. Oh uh, yeah, you, some blades. Put well, some blades some in blades. there. You, you might get some damage with that. I see a sponsorship coming on too. I, I won't name drop. Apocryphs. Let us know. Artem's gonna name drop. Um, you know, just in case, we're we're open to any sponsorships. Any sponsorship opportunities. Literally anyone. <laughs> if you give us a dollar, we'll show you. <laughs> Send us a T-shirt. <laughs> Um, I guess that's it. Yeah, I think uh, we can wrap it up. Guys, don't forget to email us, 3ptsinapod at gmail.com. I'll uh, write that down at the bottom of the screen. You can follow us. That'll be on the bottom of the screen as well. Yeah. Any, any uh, last words? I don't keep, think so. Keep the questions flowing. Yeah, yeah just too many. I mean, yeah, it's been... Yeah. Unfortunately, we couldn't 
We had a busy uh, Easter break. Yeah. Um, I couldn't. Too much Fortnite. I, I couldn't I, get to the questions. <laughs> I just could not read any more questions, but awesome questions. Keep them coming. You yeah, guys are yeah. awesome. We appreciate all you way. guys. Yeah, Thank I you for mean, watching. Crazy. Number one podcast yeah. on, uh, yeah. I think, some... Uh, who in had the, us in the category one? of, of New York three New York male <laughs> co-stars within the health and fitness field? Subcategory physical therapy were number in, one yeah. in the greater Philadelphia. In the, in the, yeah, yeah. the greater Philadelphia. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I mean, that, there's got to be like thousands at of At least a thousand. Yeah, oh, probably yeah. a billion. And this we're, is we're on top of the chart. A hotbed of sorts. <laughs> Central yeah. Pennsylvania oh, physical therapy. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So to be at the top of that category. Feels good. Is, yeah. Humble Grateful, pie really humble. Good. Yeah. Thank you guys. Um, we'll try to stay humble, and uh, no promises, but we'll try. Yeah. All, All right. right. Catch us next week, episode four.